Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Luke Garrity. I am the host of this podcast, The Sacramental Charismatic. And I'm really happy to be joined by... Well, I'm actually not really <laughs> sure if I'm Wait, happy. I thought this was the Evidence Demands a Verdict podcast where we were defending the reality of God. Uh, those people wanted me to be on their podcast, but they, they said that, that we should do our own together. Because right. I didn't really want you to be I'll on get it. back to telling people who I am. Uh, yeah, so anyway, this is... Uh, <laughs> this is Jeff. Huh? His name is Jeff, not G-Off, it's Jeff. And uh, Je- Jeff's been on the podcast before. He's a uh, world-famous theologian. Very powerful author. Actually, it's because his wife's probably a really good writer. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, anyway... He's been uh, become a regular on this show because one time he took it over and right. hijacked the show. And uh, it's been a couple weeks since we had a podcast. Uh, so today we are going to have a conversation about, uh, I guess, a, a conversation about maybe science and well, so, uh, faith. Oh, you're already just going to go in? I'm going to go right in. Right. That's what, He's going to tell you what we're going to talk gonna about. Go right in. Okay. So I'm here in Red Bluff. California visiting Luke. We're it's doing true. some secret projects, which we'll be in, hopefully rolling out at some point. Secret. And we're not social distancing because the camera angle is only this big. Usually we do like the stream yard. We got our own set. Yeah. Anyway, so Luke's he got like, tested. Hey. I got tested. We're good for COVID or like other stuff. I don't know. <laughs> so he's like, we should do something. And he, Luke, you had sent me this Colbert uh, late show interview with comedian Ricky Gervais. And there is a link uh, in the description so you can Boom, listen you can to that if you're curious to know and, what we're talking about. Uh, they're going back and forth about being atheist. Ricky Gervais is an outspoken atheist. Colbert is actually very strong uh, follower of Jesus of the Amen. Roman Catholic tradition. Amen. So he was, you know, there, and there is a little cheeky, but uh, Ricky Gervais said one thing that the crowd loved. They lost and, their minds in um, support of And I thought would have a good support. And then you're going to somehow creatively, because you're equally as brilliant as I am, maybe, and you're going to bring it back to the themes of this podcast, the Sacramento. Okay. Back. That's yeah, your so your job yeah. right now is to basically yeah. talk about the things you want to talk about, and then I'm going to make it applicable to the sacramental charismatic world. Perfect. Is that right? Perfect. Okay, That's so exactly lay it on right. us. What, 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 All right. what was their debate? So they were debating... Uh, theism and atheism, and Ricky Gervais basically said, you know, you can't prove that God exists. Uh, no one can prove that God exists. Um, and then he said something to the fact, the reason why I'm an atheist is because if you burned all of the religious documents, then the religions would just be gone. But if you burned all the scientific books and journals and breakthroughs, all those facts would eventually get rediscovered and come back. Yeah. And so they're basically saying... And then the crowd went... Yeah, they're like, oh... And so the crowd is basically saying, and Ricky Gervais was saying, like, facts are certain, and even if you got rid of the facts, the facts would come back. And that religion is just made up. The scientific evidence for science and scientific things would be found again. It would would make its way to the surface of of humanity. Whereas religion... Specifically, I think in the context of Christianity, made up myths would not stories. even wouldn't even we would never hear from them again. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And that was the argument, essentially. So I thought um, I thought there, there needed a response. So yeah, I think maybe does. this will get, reach its way all the way back to Ricky Gervais. Maybe yeah. Stephen Colbert. I mean, and you know. So because I'm sure you're listening. I'm sure they are. There's true, and it only happened three years ago. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. well, they probably no one's responded to it. So probably not. They've been waiting. So two assumptions that need to be clarified. Okay. First one. Are you ready? The first one is God is not a fact to be discovered, but is a person to be encountered. So question, uh, is it a fact that you have a wife? True. Is it a fact that her name is Dawn? Also true. Is it a fact that I could measure her and find out how tall she is and how old she is? These are facts I could discover about you her. You could. It'd be awkward, but it could happen. It would be. All right. So these are facts about you, and then you have facts about yourself. I do. Now, can I prove or could you prove that you love your wife in the same way that I just proved how tall and how old that she is? Uh, I mean, I... I mean, well, first yes. of all, do you love your wife? Actually, maybe we should just yes. roll it back a little bit. No, I do. do. You love I love your wife. Her. Thank you. Right, but could you prove in the same way that science proves things, could you prove it in the same I way? I could not prove it in the same way. Because you could always doubt, and this is true for any relationship, you could always doubt their love of your spouse. Yeah. You could always find counterfactual evidence, you know, as a, like the philosophical way of saying it, that would say, well, she actually doesn't love you. She's just pretending. Your spouse doesn't actually love you. They've just been pretending all along to get your money. Or your kids don't actually love you. They just put up with you so that you feed them. Yeah. Right? And so this thing called love, which in, I think, our emotional world is more important than how old or how tall or how long we've known our spouses. Okay. And so if God is personal, yes. God doesn't fit into the same kind of categories of fact-finding that brute facts of you know, the age of the universe or the speed of light, or these types of things, it's a different kind of group of facts. It's, so it's a different type of, it's a different category. It's a different category. Yeah. So when Ricky Gervais said, you can't prove God the way I can prove science, is a category error, because you can't prove love in the same way that you can prove how fast this, the earth is spinning around the sun. Okay. They're different kind of orders. And the other thing is, how are people known? People have to reveal themselves. So the things that you can know about me, how tall I am, how much I weigh, how old I am, the fact that I have impeccable fashion. I mean, these are all things. Some people. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, maybe that last one is, Some people is might... in a different category. Yeah. But those are all things that you could dis that you could discover passively about me by just okay. observing me. But knowing um, the things that I love, your passions. That, yeah, my passions, the things that motivate me in life, your purposes, um, and the things I care about. You could kind of notice them a little bit by observing me, but you really have to wait for me to reveal them to you. Yeah. The same with you, like the most important things about you, I can't just make you tell me it's or true. give you. I have to kind of wait. And I feel like I might wait a really long time. I mean, because I'm not of, really sure if I want to let you kinda, in. It's kind of hard to, he's kind of prickly. I'm not sure if I want to <clears> let you in. And so that's the first assumption is that he's making a category okay. error All right. about God. God is a person. So it's a bad, it's a bad argument in the fact that there, it's a categorical or philosophical category mistake. You can't, it's yes. apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Okay. If God is a person, like human beings are persons, which I believe in the whole Christian tradition, the monotheistic tradition believe, yeah. then... 2,000 plus years of tradition, actually before that too, the Jews? Yes, exactly. The Jewish people? Exactly. Have said that God is a, a Okay, person. so other, any thoughts about that first assumption? No, I think it's Category. good. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I want to agree with you yet because I got to hear this next thing, but uh, here's it's my... It's not as good. The here's, second one is well, not here's, as good. Well, here's what I want to know. 
How does, because, uh, you know, like a lot of people talk about empirical certainty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the epistemology world. Yep. Uh, where, where does that fit in? Well, you don't, you don't have, you don't have certainty when it comes to persons. You have confidence. So Leslie Newbegin, missiologist, he wrote a book called Proper Confidence. He says the search for certainty for certain foundations, which Ricky Gervais and other, and a lot of atheists want to have this foundationalist kind of, I need to be certain of, and the fact is you don't get that with persons. You have confidence with persons. You have confidence in their character. You have confidence in the ways you've gotten to know them and that you trust them. And so you trust with confidence people. You can't seek for certainty. And so when mm-hmm. our faith journey, and this could be like a different thing. So I'm all for apologetics, but apologetics can't bring certainty to your faith. It can bring more confidence. It can, so build your, it can boost your confidence, but you can't have certainty. What is the relationship between confidence and faith and hope? Uh, what do you think? The I don't know. <laughs> I just what I, if, well, faith is uh, you know hope for faith the is being served what you hope yeah, for. Yeah, come on. Hebrews, was that Hebrews chapter 11, 12, verse one. 12, what, or I read one. the Bible too. All right, uh, Woo, high five. Yeah, no distancing. I know. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I think that that's true. I think that that was uh, when I when we watched that that uh, video. The thing that was interesting is that uh, it sounds right. It does. It sounds super compelling, but then when you step back and think about it, you're yeah. like, wait, that's actually not how I interact with people. Yeah, because in, a, in one aspect, you basically should then say you don't believe in any human being relationships. Yeah, yeah. Because you so, can't, so you if can't you say, prove them. Well, you can't prove that God exists. Okay, true. You can't prove that your wife actually loves you, so sorry. Yeah, she, she, she obviously doesn't. doesn't. And you can't really prove that you're not a robot, so. Yeah. So when you get into certain things proofs dealing with people it's a different thing so the second assumption is i'm not sure science would come back if we burned all of scientific documents and we like had uh say a 200 year science free world mm-hmm. okay i'm not sure science would come back why why where did science come from in the first place ricky gervais and others would say well the you know the disconnected um rationalist view of the world we went out and we just that's actually not where science came from yeah uh science primarily came from the fact that people had a, a spiritual, moral, metaphysical imagination that said uh, the world is good, that the world is regular, that it is in order, uh, and that it can be trusted, and that our, our senses mm. um, can interact in, a wor- in the world to give us reliable information. That's primarily what the Christian worldview gave to the world, yeah. is that the world is good, the world is properly ordered, Genesis chapter 1, from chaos to mm-hmm. order. Now, there are all sorts of other religions that could have created science, but why didn't they create science? Because they actually just believed in fate. They believed that the gods were doing whatever they uh, wanted. Determinism. And, Either determinism yeah. or just, you know, things just happen because of whatever. Yeah. Chant, random chance. Random yeah. chance and things like that. And so it was actually the Christian moral imagination that led to the creation of the science that Ricky Gervais thinks mm. will come back no matter what. And the more and more we leave yeah. that worldview, the less and less I'm confident that science as we know it would just spring up willy-nilly. And so that's kind of the ahistorical assumption yeah. of well, science, it, it, it which actually, is just not true. Doesn't it, it almost ignores the impact of the Christian tradition. Yes, because it does. It totally does. Many a historian has noted that wherever the gospel was planted and churches were planted, universities were and academies and training institutions were quick to follow. Right, along with all hospitals of you, and yeah, I mean all these, all these like very <clears throat> important community, social, cultural, uh, developmental organizations or groups, right? right? right. So uh, yeah, okay. So 
So your number one thing you're saying is that it's a categorical, it's a categorical misstep to compare um, the return of science with the return of religion. Yeah. And then secondarily, it overlooks how religion has actually impacted the development of sciences. Yes. The third thing, and then we can get into uh, why this relates to sacramental charismatic, is, no offense to Ricky Gervais, but he's making a very Christian argument that you burn sacred texts and you get rid of religions. Yeah. Most religions, world religions, are not based on sacred texts. That's, that's a Judeo-Christian and Islamic kind of view, yeah. that you have these sacred texts that are the most important thing. Buddhism, uh, Hinduism... All sorts of other religions have sacred texts, but they're not like based in the sacred text. Yeah. So I'm sorry. that's just kind of like a freebie, but that's like a very, it's a very, Christian, Western. It's a very Western way of yeah. critiquing religions and pretending they yeah. all go away. So the fact is, is they just wouldn't all go away. And mm. also the fact was, is Christianity started well before the New Testament was written because they had the experience with the spirit, the, the charisma and, had been given. And there was a tradition, and there an was apostolic a, yeah. tradition that was being passed on exactly. orally. Which is a sacramental tradition. It's true. So yeah. there, I just did all your work for you. Man, bam. So there you go. Sacrament. So everybody's sacramental charismatic now. Sacramental charismatic. Boom. All right. So let's let's switch gears here. Uh, let's let's talk about this because I think that this would be kind of a fascinating thing to get into. So I've thought about the sacramental charismatic uh, worldview or the sacramental charismatic reality, or you know maybe it's the way that you lean into that world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I thought about like in, in relation to like the atonement. I think there actually is a sacramental charismatic perspective on the atonement. Uh, there's obviously a sacramental charismatic approach to scripture or to okay. all these different theological topics. But with apologetics, okay, here's what I, I want to flesh out. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, on my live over there, one of the books that I can't find probably is the five views on apologetics. Okay. So you have all the different. Right, you have presuppositional, yeah, presuppositional, classical, evidentiary, evidential, and uh, there is the there is another um, maybe it's four, but I'm almost positive it's five. But anyway, uh, well, the sacramental link, charismatic is a fit. We're link gonna, in the description to that book if you're interested in it. Uh, but yeah, so here's the my question is what does a sacramental charismatic apologetic look like? Because I have a suspicion that when you look at the different, whether it's four or five different um, models of engaging and in, in defending and, you know, clarifying the truth of the Christian tradition. Uh, it seems like each one of those things has worked to, to win people to the gospel. Right, right. Like, I mean, who can argue that the classical position hasn't been really, really Mm-hmm. convincing to some people and then evidential apologetics i mean that's like there's a whole yeah there's a whole lot of books written on that perspective um and then i know a few people who would say that when they heard the presuppositional <laughs> presentation stop making fun of reformed people dang it i, I just feel it there's being, something I to feel it. judgment hey, for those who can who can follow that argument it is yeah, compelling very it's compelling super compelling and because super it's heady. super logical and it it's is. like i know people who are like i could no longer deny this yeah. this uh, argument. So anyway, what I what I've kind of come to the conclusion on because I've had people asking like, well, what's the best um, apologetic method to use? And I've just said yes. Right. I, I think the the sacramental charismatic perspective would be really more concerned about what is the Holy Spirit doing in that moment with that person, hmm. and where we would be really intentional about um, trying to discern what God's doing in yeah. that person and by the questions they're asking and. Um, an informed sacramental approach would actually try to be aware of each one of those methods 
in order to actually use them as a resource or a tool to be able to lean into, okay? You were on our podcast. I'm not going to say our, but you apparently you think you own this thing. Uh, we did a podcast about what a sacramental charismatic is. Right. And one of the characteristics you said was that a sacramental charismatic will have a value for like the natural world or the, yeah. you know, and so in a sense, the sacramental care, this is like an ongoing example of that. Like we're not minimizing the evidence evidential approach because there are things in natural law that reveal yeah. the, the goodness of God and the character of God and his ontology or whatever you want to say. Well, I wish I had been more sacramental and charismatic in college. I remember I had this, I went to uh, UC Santa Cruz, which is like a very hippie, new age, Santa Cruz, California. Did you surf every day? <clears throat> not every day, but as much as possible. And um, I was talking with this woman, and I was much more of the evidentiary mm-hmm. or presuppositional. I was like, we're going to demolish all arguments that stand against the truth of Christ. You know, Second Corinthians chapter 10, That's verses right. 3 through 5. And so, uh, you know, and there was this like environmentalist, you know, earth worshiper. And like back my, you know, 20, 21 year old self was like, you have no uh, logical basis for why you want to save the earth. Like, if it's all just random chance, like, who cares if it it Mm -hmm. blows up? Like, you have no way of, like, justifying what you're doing, you know. But I believe, you know, in God, the creator and all this. So I was, like, just tearing down her arguments. And what I should have done was find a way to come alongside and appreciate what she appreciates and then tell her why I appreciate something similar. Mm. Uh, Because if I'd had more of a charismatic... Not not be a jerk, you mean? Not be a jerk. If I had more of a charismatic, I could have appreciated the spirit of Christ drawing her to the beauty of the world and Mm. wanting her, as well as sacramental, which is that God is at work, you know, in the thin spaces, God works through the ordinary things. Mm -hmm. And so if I'd had either of those or both of those things, I could have been able to journey alongside her, but instead I had more of this antagonistic kind of mentality that I need to show that you're wrong so that you'll come to believe I'm right. And does that work very often, people? No. So, but if I've been more sacramental and charismatic, say like the beauty and wonder of the world, uh, the fact that the world kind of makes us, uh, fills us with awe. Mm-hmm. And actually Colbert actually does talk about that yeah. uh, a little bit. So he relies on a sacramental, because he's Catholic, a sacramental it's perspective. The, it's also the natural <clears throat> law. The natural law. Right. Yeah. Where he's looking at how nature itself reveals the divine yeah and he, he said like uh the gift of being or like i i have this this thankfulness for being yeah why? and then, and then and i want to naturally that. he says give why are you to thankful someone. like or like what, yeah. what are you thankful for and it's interesting yeah. ricky gervais totally dodges it yeah totally <laughs> totally dodges totally it. missed the so, but point. like but colbert was basically trying to make things personal and ricky yeah. gervais was trying not to make anything personal yeah. so a personal thing and this also Leslie Newbegin talks about this uh, too in Proper Competency. It says people are, they want to answer the why question. Mm. So why, and uh, Colbert kind of asks, well, why is there something rather than nothing? Like what, what's the purpose of this? Or where did it come from? And Gervais is like, I don't know. Like, why would you even ask that? That, makes, yeah. that question makes no sense to me. It's like, well, it, no, it does make sense. People want to know those things. Mm. Uh, and then the question of awe and wonder, and a lot of people say the root of philosophy as well as theology is just, uh, being overwhelmed by something. Mm-hmm. And then in um, science, uh, I think a lot of scientists do perpetuate that. And this is the last thing, I guess, is that there's plenty of scientists that are yeah. believers yeah, <laughs> because of science, not because yeah. science has gotten rid of it. Wait, wait, okay, or, well, well, I was gonna, I was going to mention that earlier. Uh, it, it seems like there's, there's part, one of the reasons why, um, you know, like atheists or agnostics who are opposed to or are, you know, very push, push back on a lot of faith and religion 
is, uh, you know, they, they will always point to how, because we were just talking about how the church actually has empowered the study of science and science right. uh, development. But there's also the other side of that coin where they also persecuted scientists for their discoveries. And I think Galileo would be an example of somebody who was an egotistical maniac and he like had his own baggage and I mean he ramped up some possibly, of that stuff too. But the yeah. point being is that he was <laughs> excommunicated essentially or treated in a really negative way by the church uh, and they you know it was it's not right. a very good story for the church I think. Sure. Uh, so with with the church and science like how much of that plays into it you think with atheists where they just see they have all these examples of the church where it's been not receptive to science and really almost rejected science rather than embracing science? Uh, well, you know, I, I'd have to go through like the history of science, which I'm not an expert at, but I, I think those examples are more overblown than our actual. I think the church has been very supportive of scientific discoveries. Certainly it's had its own, like usually the trouble is the church has adopted other metaphysical mm-hmm. doctrines outside of the Bible and those are the doctrines that are competing with. So like for the church in Galileo, like the fact that Neoplatonism and the mm-hmm. sense of the perfections of the universe and the spheres, like that, that's not part of the biblical worldview. Yeah. That is something that got that was added. Was, that was controlling And their... that's what was like yeah. causing the conflict okay. and not like the strictly biblical worldview. But, you know, like just like science, faith is something that's perpetu- perpetually being discovered. So the be- science science is advancing because people ask questions and then make a bunch of errors and make postulates and theories hmm. and then they test them and faith yeah. you know is is on a similar journey and so there will be conflict uh, certainly if you talk about evolution young and old earth like there's all sorts of conflicts but yeah. I don't think um, but when you step so back you think, for, so you you by and large those <clears throat> are one in a lot of other examples where there's where science has been encouraged. So there's like these really terrible stories, but there's also many, many stories where people were encouraged by the church to... Yes. I, okay. Well, so what when atheists say science is against faith and there's been this battle, what they really mean is the scientific naturalist, reductive naturalism is at war with faith. That is true. Mm-hmm. But that's not what science is. Science is not... Science can't prove a naturalistic, reductive worldview. Mm-hmm. Science doesn't do that. Yeah, that's actually a philosophy. Yeah, yeah. The philosophy and that's so is that posited, they, and there are assumptions that are made. So the problem is, is that there's a well. That's actually exactly probably the point is that there's there's a uh, point where science scientific inquiries lead into philosophical res, uh, right. solutions, right. and that's what we saw Our in this. Yeah, yeah, solutions and assumptions, right? Whereas if it's strictly science, you're not going to actually even be able to answer that question. Or you're going to pose a different question with a different answer. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's a sacramental charismatic perspective on apologetics. And that's your response. To Ricky Gervais. He'll never see it. And that's okay. But maybe he will. I'm going to text it to him right now. (laughs) Oh, you're going to speed dial him? All right. Hey, so listen, make sure to uh, like, subscribe, follow all the social media things. And we're going to do some more of these while you're here because we're working on projects. Secret projects. Thank mm-hmm. you.